Hey, oi, yes, hello, this is Aiden Jones, you're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 13th of October, 2020. Listen, anyone who fucking tells you that Macs are good, it, oh, I'm, fuck, I don't know what I expected when I bought this fucking Mac, I just, every fucking Mac, you know, dick guzzler or whatever fucking person who's just like on Steve Jobs' fucking dead dong. Always my mic facing. Everyone who's fucking on, they just—they're always like, "Oh, they're so man, they just fucking work. It's so easy. Apple products, you know, like." And I always bought that. I guess I was just like, "Oh well, the difference between Mac and Android is like, yeah, okay, Macs just work, but then the price you pay is you don't get as much customization. That's that seems to be the accepted line of logic. And I buy a Mac for fucking." $2,000 and it doesn't just work. It fucking doesn't just work. Any fucking Mac user. Oh, I'm I'm so fucking pissed, man. It is one thing after another with this fucking laptop and it's the same as PC. PCs are the same, but any fucking Mac user out there going, they just work. They don't. They're the fucking same. They just cost more. Fuck you. I'm so fucking angry at my fucking computer. Cunt. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, hey, good morning, everyone. Sorry, I think I slurped my tea too close to the microphone there. Oh, that's really... It's fu- just straight off the top this week. I've been... I'm in a bad mood. I was about to say I've been put in a bad mood. That's handy, isn't it? To, like, palm off the fucking responsibility for my own emotions onto... I've been put in a bad mood. That's a nice little linguistic trick. That we like to use. Use the passive tense. Really divest yourself from any responsibility for uh, for your own actions and emotions. That's a good one. If any of you guys are feeling any, that's my little tip for you for this week. If anyone's feeling any stuff that uh, they don't like, but they want to indulge themselves in the feeling and they don't want to have to take responsibility for it, just talk in the in the passive tense. Um, yeah, my hand has. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my hand has unfortunately been responsible for the um, tragic maiming of five to se- between five and seven um, children this week. It's unfortunate. It's my hand has, you know, maimed a series of. I oh God, I want to say no, I, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop this riff because I want to say something awful that. Um, you know what? I'm not going to talk in the passive tense. I'm going to take ownership of my own thoughts and stop them before they get out rather than releasing them into the world to do the damage that they would inevitably do. I'm just going to stop. Maybe. <sighs> Fuck. Yeah, I, still, I was trying to... F- look. I was trying to... Um, the thing that stresses me out about my Mac is that it just doesn't have a lot of space. It's got 128 gig, I think of internal memory and I've got a few externals that I use but just now I'm trying to so I record every episode so I can you know grab little bits and put them on Instagram and YouTube sitting under podcast on Instagram YouTube uh I don't know what just look up sitting under a tree on YouTube if you want to see the little clips um, I mean, if you listen to this, who cares? It's more for people who don't know me or whatever. You get, you know what videos are. All right, I'm patronizing you. I apologize. Thank you for listening. 
Um, <laughs> and so I'm recording every week, but my Mac, I've only got like 10 gig at any point of free space left. So I have to delete the fucking movie libraries every week to make room for the next week's thing. And I just tried to set it up so that the library is on my external. And then I did a test recording and it just, it didn't work. It just wouldn't record to my external. But then as soon as I try and record to the native hard drive, it works again. But there's only 10 gig. And then every fucking week, my Mac is like, by the way, just so you know, you don't have enough space. And Garage Band, Garage Band is fucking, I just spilled my fucking tea. <laughs> I am, I am pissed. <laughs> and it's not hot. My tea's not fucking as hot as I like it. Could anything else go wrong today? I'm really coming at you with a fucking flurry of negative emotions this week, I think. Um, yeah, my fucking garage band, every time I open it, is like, oh, we need to download an essential library. <laughs> it's like an essential library of necessary loops for GarageBand and it's like 500 meg and I'm like is it essential all I'm using I'm not using GarageBand to make fucking hip hop tracks or you know music for my fucking commercial for my hamburger stand or whatever I'm just using it to fucking record my stupid voice so 54 people can fucking listen to it every week I don't need like 50 versions of whatever I don't care 500 meg of fucking loops. <sighs> we'll just work through this anger. Whatever it is, I'm just going to work through it. <laughs> I'm just going to flush out the lines. And hopefully in another three to five minutes. God fucking damn. It's really put... Uh, it's really knocked me off kilter. Let me take another sip of my lukewarm fucking tea. Oh, ah, just relax. It's okay. Everything's going to be fine. How's your guys' weeks? How's your guys' weeks? <sighs> I watched a movie about um, about meditation the other day. Looked good. God, this fucking tea, tea spill on my desk. <laughs> Gonna annoy me for the whole podcast. Just a puddle of fucking lukewarm spilled tea, you fucking rat. Uh, <laughs> I watched this this movie about um it was called My Year of Mindfulness and the pitch looked good. It's about um I just looked up, I was looking for a movie to watch, so I just looked up 2020 movies, you know, and it's a documentary and it's won a few awards, so I was like, yeah, whatever, I'm I'm entering a phase of my life where I'm comfortable paying for things, right, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm done, I think I'm done with torrenting, it's just, it's ungainly, you know what, I just don't like interfacing with technology, that's what you pay that money for, isn't it, they know that you can torrent stuff, but they also know that the majority of people as soon as you have enough money where like it was 13 bucks for the movie, which is pretty steep actually from YouTube, but it was just like 13 bucks for me is enough. If I could pay 13 bucks to not have just experienced the last four minutes, as I'm sure you would guys, you would do it, wouldn't you? That anger that comes from having to interface with technology and trying to figure out the workarounds, trying to make it to work fucking against 
the current of just bullshit that is trying to use technology, it's worth 13 bucks. And that's what torrents are for me. I know, again, everyone's like, they're so fucking if they're not fucking, why am I angry again? I'm angry again. <laughs> I'm trying to talk about how I watched <laughs> a movie about documentary and suddenly I'm pointing at my fucking webcam. I'm angry again. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> oh god <laughs> so i watched this movie i didn't torrent it i paid for it because i just couldn't be fucked and um it was 13 dollars 12.99 and um the picture's like so this lady basically has seen, you know, the way that there's this mental health kind of epidemic in our society and everyone's depressed and anxious and all this stuff, things that we all know. And um, she was diagnosed with a, not terminal, but like a degenerative disease or something. Um, And uh, she started thinking about like, Basically, there's ways to keep your body fit and everyone knows about dieting and exercise and there are all of these things aimed at, you know, helping you look after your body, but there's no real equivalent, as she put it, for a 30-minute walk or like a a jog for your mind. There's no day-to-day workout routines that are widely accepted and um, I guess it's because, you know, the body is like the first level of shit that for hundreds of years science has been trying to understand because that's like the obvious things that go wrong. What You know, you lose an arm. Okay, how does the arm work? How can we fix that person up? So, do you know what I mean? Like there's just obvious injuries that we've found solutions for and the brain is a much more subtle and complicated thing. So, medical science is only just now getting to like, fuck, there are all these other problems. And... um yeah, we just haven't confronted them yet. So there's no there's no workout regime for the mind. And this lady basically found that she was like, there's one, I guess, leading candidate for that that has uh, come to the forefront of our cultural kind of thinking in the last fifty years or so, which is mindfulness and meditation. And and it's a thousands of years old technique, but in the West, we're only starting to really pay attention to it. And so she decided to do a year's worth of trying mindful meditation. And she went around and interviewed all these people. And at this point, you know, I'm like, this documentary is going to be great. So we put it on. And this lady was just fucking insufferable. It was a real bummer. Because the documentary, the subject matter, it was such an interesting situation where the subject matter and everything to do with it and all the people she interviewed were great. And she got some great, you know, guests or people on there or whatever to talk about meditation that seemed to cover the breadth of the the field. Um, I was waiting for her to have Headspace. I wanted to, I so bad. How do you miss Headspace Andy? With, um, if you're making a mindfulness documentary, how are you not going to have, uh, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> how are you going to miss out on Headspace, Andy? Thank you for asking me. Maybe you rejected her. I, I really appreciate you asking me to be on your documentary. Unfortunately, I'm busy making wheelbarrowfuls of money from my app. And as such, I don't have time to talk to you insufferable wannabe 
influencer. That's what she was, man. She was a fucking... She just desperately, I think, wanted it to be about her. There were all these fucking scenes. So she's meditating every day for a year. And she kept trying to inject the narrative with this sense of jeopardy, you know? There's, like, stakes. Like, she was like, oh, I don't know if I'm... I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. Oh, I just feel like I'm not really getting anything out of this. And I'm just really starting to question the whole endeavor. It's like, okay, good. Fine. Question it. We don't care. Stop trying to make me care about your journey. It felt very contrived and and uh, cynical in like how it was put together. There were all these shots of her meditating, like sitting cross-legged, you know, in the middle of like a fucking street or, you know, on the side of a footpath, in like a busy footpath or whatever. And she's just like, I'm just going to meditate here. <laughs> I'm crazy. I just meditate wherever because that's what this year's about. It's me discovering myself. <laughs> it's like, fuck off, man. Um, and look, maybe it seems like I'm being unreasonable now. Here's the thing that I think everyone can get behind as just a piece of shit move towards the end of the documentary. So she goes through, she does, has a lot of scientific tests. And, um, at one point she's like, towards the start of the documentary, she's like, she goes in MRI scans and stuff to see how meditation affects the mind, which is cool. Very cool. Um, but towards the start of it, she's talking to these scientists and she's like, oh, so basically the way that I've formulated this as an experiment, it's not really very like scientific is it and the scientists that she's talking to are like well yeah nah not really sorry man and she's like spent tens of thousands of dollars on fucking like time in laboratories and mri machines and shit and yeah i don't know just yeah it seemed very narcissistic and um so towards the end of the documentary she uh goes like she's learned all this stuff about meditation so she's like how can we apply this to the rest of the world is this just a very first world thing and she goes to one of the biggest refugee camps in the world tens of thousands of people in this camp it's in like i can't even remember it's in africa or something i don't know and um god listen to me (laughs) Listen to me talk about how insufferable this woman... It's in Africa or something. I don't know. Fuck me too, I reckon. But anyway. Um, so she goes there and um, she talks about how the local university... Uh, it was like... It, look, there are part... Like I said, the subject matter, interesting. Because the, the university in the area where the refugee camp is have been... Um, studying the effects of mindful meditation and how it can be used to help people overcome trauma because there was something like 70% of the people in this refugee camp had either experienced or witnessed torture because they were all fleeing from, you know, inside awful fucking stuff. And then it interviewed a couple of them or there was one guy in particular they interviewed and he'd been doing this mindfulness in the university with these researchers and talked about how it helped him notice these recurrent thoughts of his trauma coming and and like kind of live with them as opposed to being scared of them and having it eat him up so that was really cool but there was this one scene at the start of the refugee camp thing where this lady you know she's rocked up to the refugee camp and she's like i'm going to interview all these beautiful people she just keeps you know she's doing the whole white guilt thing hammering home like just these beautiful brave just resilient 
people, you know, and I just couldn't help but feel like, how, who am I to even come into this place? Like, I just didn't feel like I belonged here. And then she has a video of uh, a footage of her going into some lady's house who has like a bunch of kids and she's a refugee and she's in this lady's house, listens to her story. And there's a shot of like her hugging this woman and it has nothing to do with anything like meditation the lady's not meditating she's just gone to a refugee camp interviewed a fucking person and then the next scene is her by herself in a hotel room sitting in a chair meditating and then she just starts crying she's like like oh i'm oh i'm so white i feel so much guilt these people fuck you man it was so fucking gross. It was like, why is this even in this fucking thing other than to just let everyone know how caring and compassionate you are? You fucking narcissistic cunt is what it felt like. And as I say these things out loud, I'm very aware of the fact that I might be coming off as like bitter or so, I don't know. Maybe I'm an arsehole. I really hated it. And... um my friend who I was watching at the same time as hated it as well. We were both just like this. I wish this documentary was hosted. There was a fucking, uh, there was like some, some French born Buddhist monk in it who was just so happy. He was just always like, and I was like, I want this guy to be, you know, I want to find out about his story. He's French, but he's a Buddhist monk and he lives in the mountains. What's fuck? Tell me about his story. Not just some fucking white lady trying to be, it felt like she was trying to position herself as like a new influencer kind of thing, you know? And it felt like the whole journey wasn't so much about her, or like, you know, her trying to genuinely and, and, and like, um, it felt like it wasn't about her legitimately trying to explore this thing as her going, okay, what I'll do is I'll try and explore this thing and in doing so, people will get to know me and then I can make more movies about myself. That's what it felt like. And look, I've done that. <laughs> I've had that thought process. So I understand. <laughs> but still, fuck you. Because it just seems disingenuous. And I'll hold my hands up. I've been a disingenuous person in my life and I've tried to do that. And it hasn't worked. And it worked for her. So good on her, I guess. <laughs> but I fucking hated her movie. Don't watch it. 13 bucks. Just because I fucking uh, hate... It was the choice between get angry at technology or get angry at a lady. And you know what? Maybe I'm just angry. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, all right. I'm feeling a bit better. Little bit better. Uh, garden update this week. Oh, the Backyard Bitch t-shirts are coming, man. It's happening. It is definitely happening. I uh, I, start, I started working on the design for the Jamie Jury thing because it has to be one. It's got to be a silhouette because it's like printed onto the T, you know? And I was like, how do I do that? So I spent a whole day, like probably three hours, which to me is a whole day, you know, because you got to eat and go to the toilet a bunch of times, go for a walk, think. I spent about three hours trying to uh, print it out a photo and then, you know, tried to silhouette it, held it up against the window with another piece of paper and drew around the lines that I thought were like silhouette lines, like I was doing it by hand. 
And then I tried to edit it on fucking, again, like trying to interface with technology, but I couldn't, I don't have uh, Photoshop and I people keep telling me, get Photoshop, it's so easy. And I just know that if I got Photoshop, there would be a whole other just fucking bunch of problems, man. I just don't want to get it. And that was me trying to torrent last week as well, trying to torrent Photoshop and my torrent shit was fucking up. So, um, yeah, I tried to make the silhouette of Jamie Jury and it just didn't work. And then my mate Phil fucking came around and we were going for a walk and I was just like, hey, check this out. What do you reckon? And he looked at it and was like, oh, man, nah, come on. We can do better than that. And uh, I forgot that he studied design. So he just went, I just sent him the file and he fucking fired me two minutes back. Something that is like, actually looks like Jamie Jury. It's made with a computer. It's fucking, it's, um, uh, what's the word? Fidelity. It's, uh, it's, fuck, what's the word I'm looking for? It is like true to the original. I'm looking for a particular word. True to fidelity. I can't fucking... God damn it. Anyway, it looks like the original picture. It's not me drawing it by hand. The one that... I'll put that... But I'll put it in the show notes. I'm not even going... Oh, no, you know what? I'll make it the fucking picture for this week. I'll make the picture for this week because I did take a picture of me doing it by hand. So you can see how garbage it was. And then... And then maybe sometime this week, once I've got, I'm just like looking at a few different printers right now to see who can give me the cheapest quote. I want to print 30. And uh, once I've confirmed that, I'll chuck the image up so you guys can see what it's going to look like. And then hopefully in the next few weeks, they'll be available from my website. That's AidenTacoJones.com. <sighs> I was, uh, I read this. I want to talk about this story, actually. I think this was really cool. And look, I don't love that I feel like I'm re-engaging with politics. I think in the absence of comedy as something for me to like really invest the entirety of my life in, I'm drifting back into like when I was in high school, I was quite, I used to follow the soap opera of politics quite a lot. And I think the like following coronavirus news has kind of been my gateway back into it. And I'm now... Yeah, I'm like, I'm following the political soap opera, but there was a story yesterday and I'm just going to tell the whole story as it was in the news because I feel like hopefully most of you don't follow politics in this way because it is pointless. It's garbage. Politics is, it's fucking garbage. And I think the less that you know about it, the fucking happier you are, to be honest. But this really kind of demonstrated to me how awful it must be to be a politician and what kinds of people are attracted to this profession because Gladys Berejiklian, the Premier of New South Wales, is uh, at the moment testifying in some corruption investigation because this guy, now what's the fucking dude's name? i got to get the guy's name. This guy who was the MP for Wagga Wagga, Oh, fuck. I haven't even... <laughs> Where is it? Where did I fucking write it in my notes? Oh, God. Aiden, you're just fucking ruining everything. You can't do anything right. I can't even interface with the technology of a book and a pen. 
Um, this guy, Daryl Maguire. Is that his name? Daryl? Yeah, Maguire. Anyway, Mr. Maguire. Mr. Magoo um, was the MP for Wagga Wagga. And a couple years ago, evidently, he had to step down from his duties because he was using his position in public office to make deals and make money for himself personally. Like greasing the wheels of, you know, changing the zonings of particular bits of property that he was invested in so he could sell them at a higher rate or some shit like that. I don't really understand, but he was basically using his position in public office to make money for himself personally. And so he stepped down in 2018. But in the last few months, there's been a renewed investigation because he apparently did other stuff that didn't come to light at the time. So there's like another investigation into him. And Gladys Berejiklian, the Premier of New South Wales, has been brought into this because she, uh, oh, she's giving evidence against him. She was asked to give evidence against him. And it came to light yesterday that she has been in a, a quote, close personal relationship with this guy. Now, here's some of the stuff I'm going to, it sounds to me, and this is the interesting bit, is it sounds, from my interpretation, they were in love. So she's known this guy for 15 years and she said in the investigation when she testified yesterday that um, they were in a close personal relationship. She'd known him for 15 years. They maintained that relationship even after he stepped down and their professional relationship ended. They were still, they had this relationship Um where she was like, I still wanted to support him on a personal level because he was going through a tough time. Other than that, there were other quotes of, she referred to him at some point as her numero uno, which that's, she referred to him as her numero uno. And there was a uh, quote from an email that she sent him where he'd made some money on a property deal. And she said, congrats, great news. Woohoo. Sounds like very personal stuff and calling someone your numero uno, that to me is like, that's your fight. You're number one, right? But she's a very private person and I don't even think, that's her private life. She deserves to have that be kept private, right? But from my interpretation of this, what's happened is, and then, sorry, the other piece of information is a few months ago when she uh, was asked to give evidence in this investigation, she ended completely ended the relationship with this guy and uh in the investigation yesterday she referred to him as this particular individual which is like as fucking cold as it gets where is it oh i fucking wrote it down was that when i was asked to support this inquiry I, it became apparent to me that i should have no more contact with that individual <laughs> um that's how she has to fucking talk about this guy now. So, from what I can see, they've known each other for 15 years. They've met through doing their whole, you know, in that fucking career industry, the social circles, whatever. And then she said since 2015, they had this close personal relationship. It's at least a friend. It's at least a friend, but as far as I can tell, it looked like they were seeing each other, Right. So then when the investigation starts, she cuts off all contact with him. But in the investigation, she's saying, I didn't know this stuff that he was doing. I th- there was no reason for me to believe that he was acting dishonestly. First of all, it's so brutal to me that 
in her job, she's had to choose between like at least a close friend, but I reckon a partner and her job. Like if you've like, and she ended the friendship. Would you end a friendship with someone for your career? Like someone who you call your number one, even just say your best friend. Think about who your best friend is. If you're asked to choose keeping your job or ending your friendship with your best friend, she chose the job. That's already a fucking big thing. And I think she made the right decision, but now she's saying she didn't know what he was doing. And my analogy that I've come up with to kind of compare it is like if you're working in a cafe and you're working there with your best friend and your best friend steals from the tills, you know that he's stealing from the till. Like you just, you know that, you know the kind of fucking dude that that person is. It's a scumbag, but it's my friend. I love him, but he's a scumbag but that's fine because I don't do that, but he does it and then he gets fired and you're like, no, he got fired, but I'm still going to be friends with him. And then a couple of years later, your boss is like, hey, we found some other stuff. He was stealing from the tills, but he was also fucking, you know, making bootleg liquor in the storeroom or whatever, sleeping in the fucking fridges. And, and you know, we found his swag all tucked in there with the kegs. And there's been rats breeding in there. And, and now we're going to have to close the cafe down for three weeks to clean everything. And we're going to sue him. And uh, we need you to give evidence in the court case. At that point, you, I've, I've just been like, this is so fucking hectic, man. I don't even feel like this has anything to do with me. I'm just going to quit working at this cafe. I don't know. You'd probably cut off, you'd probably cut off your friendship with both of them, wouldn't you? You wouldn't be friends of that dude anymore. You'd be like, motherfucker, where did you even, how did you even get a swag into the storeroom? <laughs> Why were you sleeping in the storeroom? You fucking bum. Ask me to stay at my house. What is wrong with you, Daryl Maguire? <laughs> the dude was apparently in some real dodgy shit trying to do backroom deals and whatever. And so she's cut off the relationship with him and she's chosen to give her evidence and she's sided with the government, which is with us, the people, right? She's made her decision, but she still feels, here's where I think it is like a sad indictment on the lack of trust in our system is she still feels like she needs to lie. She still feels like she needs to go. I didn't know what he was doing. I had no idea. I had no reason to believe that he was doing the wrong thing. I think is something along the line. It's about that is what she said. And um, I was listening to the uh, Guardian, um, like a fucking daily podcast or whatever. What's it called? In Focus the other day. Oh, God, my disc's almost full. Hold up a second. I'm just going to fucking. This is a good spot to stop. Oh, am I going to stop? No, you know what? F- fuck you. Just fill up the disc. I don't care. Fill it up. See what fucking happens. God, I hate my fucking laptop. I was listening to The Guardian in focus and um, I uh, there was an episode about Sweden and about their response to the coronavirus pandemic and about how they didn't do a harsh lockdown. They just advised everyone to do these certain things. But because of the way the relationship the government and the people have in Sweden is very trusting. So if the government says do this, they don't need to be – the people don't need to be coerced by the police – and laws and and emergency measures and whatever, like the stuff that we have here, the people just generally do it. 
because they trusted their government is doing the right thing and they were talking about that and and uh you know because i mean it's a uk podcast so they were saying would this approach work in the uk and the conclusion they basically came to was like no you need to adopt policies with the specifics of your country and your society in mind and that level of trust doesn't exist in uk politics and society so there's no way it would work and I was just thinking about that Gladys Berejiklian thing and the fact that, like, she's chosen in giving evidence against this guy. She's chosen her job in, you know, she's like, I'm, I, I, I'm a public servant, and this guy did the wrong thing in the workplace, and and my boss is the people, and so I'm going to side with my bosses, which is us, the voting public, over this guy who was my friend for 15 years and my boyfriend. <laughs> Let's say boyfriend. <laughs> Let's say, but buddy, <laughs> she's chosen us over her dirty little butt buddy for, <laughs> for um for five years. She's already made a decision, but she knows how vicious the public are. And she doesn't trust us to st- like. If she just came out and was honest and said, "Okay, he was doing this stuff. I knew he was doing it, but I knew I wasn't going to be able to stop him. He's my friend, so I just let him do it." And now he got caught. And you know what? It's probably for the best that he got caught. I'm glad. That's why I'm giving evidence against him, and I'm not friends with him anymore because I'm kind of. But I knew at the time. But I wasn't gonna fucking. I wasn't going to stop being friends with my friend at the time because he was my friend. Like, that's understandable, right? It's not perfect, but you get it. It's your friend. Your friend fucking steals money out of the till and you're like, all right, man, go for it. Do it, you maniac, if you can get away with it. But if you fucking get caught, I'm not a part of this. That's what, that is 100% what happened with her and this fucking guy. Of course that's what happened. How would it have gone? How is she not going to know? If she didn't know that he was doing that dodgy stuff, she's a fucking idiot. But I don't think she is. I think she's lying because she's scared that if she comes out and tells the truth like that, the Australian public are going to turn around and be like, you fucking knew, and that's just as bad. And so now we're going to drag you over the coals as well. And it's a sad state of affairs where the people who are trying to supposedly work with our best interests at heart and and create a better society for us and be our leaders don't trust us to have faith in them and i she's right as well by the way (laughs) there's no way i would love to see her come out and tell the truth but there's no way she's gonna because there are fucking psychos in our society like i would be, be great i hope she doesn't lose her job she's a liberal politician so she's conservative and i don't necessarily i don't really know anything about her politics other than that she shut down those music festivals last year which i thought was bullshit and you know fuck you but other than that i don't know who the fuck she is berejiklian i only just learned to spell her last name do you know what i mean so how do i know about her politics but i hope she doesn't lose her job because it'd be a shitty thing for her to lose her job over something she didn't do when she eventually made the right decision and i think it's a sad indictment on our system and the lack of trust in our society where she doesn't even feel like she can tell the truth after she's done the right thing and made the right decision And I also think it's really sad that it's been so long since I've done comedy that I am now conversant enough in Australian politics to be able to tell a story like this. That, if that's not, oh God, that's so fucking depressing. (laughs) When I left school, I thought, 
I entertained the idea that I was going to be like a political journalist, you know, and then I, I started doing stand up and, and found that I actually enjoy spending time with those people and the people, <clears throat> the people that I went to uni with and studied politics with, I was like, these people are okay, but they're not my people, you know? I don't feel like I enjoy their company or want to spend time with them or even that we have the same values in terms of the ways we want to spend our time, really. They're going to fucking events and eating canapes and fucking hobnobbing with each other. <sighs> and so I was just like, I don't want to, you know, I kind of distanced myself. And then for the years since then, I've been like, how dumb is politics? And now look at me reading the fucking political pages every day. Because comedy doesn't exist anymore. Anyway. <sighs> Poor Gladys. I hope she fi- I hope you I hope she finds love again. And um to that fucking dude, <laughs> Daryl McGimby's or whatever you the fucking name is. <laughs> You're dumb, man. You fucking he went too hard, didn't he? He tried to steal too much. He got greedy. He got greedy and now he's paying the price. Um, anyway, what's the nether, uh, oh, piano, I wanted to talk about piano, I think I'm almost done, fuck, this has been a long one, I wonder if my, still going, it said almost full, I'm still upset, I'm still upset, <laughs> I'm still upset about my fucking laptop, um, it said almost full, that, well, that was like five minutes ago, and the video's still going, I'm so scared that it's just going to stop. And, and I'm going to lose all the video recording. If there's no YouTube video this week, go on my YouTube and on like, probably I'll put it up on about Friday. And if there's no video, <laughs> you'll know that the video recording stopped and there'll be a moment as soon as I end this podcast where I check it and I'll, <laughs> I'll be so fucking angry. I'll just be, I won't yell or anything because it'll be the kind of thing where I knew it was coming. So I'll just, I'll see and I'll see, oh, great, no video. And I'll just go, cool, yeah, sick, awesome. That I, lo- I actually like that. I think that's great. And I'm happy that Mac has just taken a shit in my fucking mouth. You'll get to imagine that moment if there's no YouTube video up on Friday. And what do we got? So the picture for this week is, yep, done that. Backyard bitch. Piano update. And I have... Um, it's weird, actually. I was thinking, as I said it before, I get so frustrated and angry when I have to learn because what this frustration and anger is with technology is basically me being uncomfortable doing a new thing, isn't it? Like, I don't want to get Photoshop because I know it would be another thing that I have to learn. And the same with Matt, like me figuring out, you know, the space issue on my Mac. I'm sure there's a solution, but I just haven't been uh persistent or intelligent enough to figure out what it is yet and it's making me angry because i feel like there is no solution and it, i feel like the people who designed this i they've designed it without a solution because they're dumb and that's why i'm angry i'm like fuck them they did this to me that's probably not the case at all there probably is a solution and i just haven't found it yet um and i was thinking about that in relation to the piano because like i'm learning this song Liebestrom by List and I'm getting through it. I'm like halfway through it now in terms of learning the notes. And every time I want to probably one out of every four times I sit down to play the song, I sit down and I get my laptop open. I have the sheet music in front of me and I'll try and learn another chunk of the notes. And it's only one in four times because it's uncomfortable to do that. It's fun 
and kind of challenging, but in a fun way to practice the notes that I already know just to get my fingers around them, you know? But when I have to learn the new notes, it's hard. I don't like reading music. It's like just, you know, I'm not good at it. It's slow, arduous. Um, but there's something about that kind of struggle that doesn't make me as angry as the thing. Maybe it's because I know that there's an end point to this. I know with the piano, like other people have played this this piece before and I just, I know eventually I'll figure it out. But with Mac, with the fucking technology shit, I just don't believe that there's a solution. So it just frustrates me so much and I want to give up. Anyway, I don't know what that whether that's important or what. I went to look at a piano this week though. I went to um, I went to Q to check out there. I went to I checked out a first one. For, um, by the way, I'm breaking. I'm really. I'm being a bit cavalier with the restrictions. I went and wore my mask, and I mean, what am I supposed to do? I want to buy a piano, but I need to go check that it actually works first. So I'm not going to spend two thousand dollars on a piano that I've never even seen before. So I go to, I checked the first one and I was in there for 20 seconds. I kind of plop, ding, 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 ding. Nah, sorry, bro. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> that was in Elsinwick. I went an hour each way to play 20 seconds of a piano and be like, thank you. Sorry, mate. Not what I'm looking for and left. And he was like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and then I went to Q and that one was, uh, it was better. It was $2,000. I didn't want to haggle. I don't feel comfortable haggling. So I was just like, you know, I'd said to her, look, man, I've only seen, this is the second piano I've seen. I want to get a good idea of what's out there. This might be the best one for $2,000, but I'm not sure. So I just, if you sell it, let me know, but I can't buy it right now. But I played and I played a bit of Liebestrom and she like put the music in front of me as I'd started playing it. Like she knew the song, you know, and put it there and that was kind of nice. And then I played my Chopin in C minor, not the one that I had at the end of the pod last week, but the other one that I was learning that I haven't been brave enough to make a recording of and put at the end of the pod because I don't think I'm good enough at playing it. Played that, played it pretty well and we kind of had this, you know, I was like playing and I could tell she kind of enjoyed it and it was just nice and I left her house and got into my friend's car who graciously lent me her car to fucking let me drive there and just frantically messaged my piano teacher from when I was younger. Like, oh my God, I did it. I played this song and this is amazing and I thought of you and no, 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 no. I feel like I'm running out of steam right now. So I'm going to end the podcast. I haven't found a piano yet. I'm getting to the end of Liebestrom. I'm making the Backyard Bitch t-shirts. There are white flies in my garden. I'm trying to attract ladybugs to them. There was a bunch of other stuff that I wanted to say. But ultimately, I think the takeaway from this podcast is fuck Mac computers. Mac computers. Fuck. Fuck the Apple iMac Corporation. Fuck uTorrent. Fuck technology. Fuck torrenting. Fuck uh, that, that meditation lady. And a stupid fucking documentary. And, and fuck politics. I've been Aiden Jones, sitting under a tree. Peace.